Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am ZN. We got a great show for you. The first major free agent domino falls in Major League Baseball. A controversial figure is back in the NFL. And we're going to see where it all went wrong for Germany and Mexico as they are no longer in the World Cup. But remember when I said that the first major domino fell? Well, breaking news, an even bigger domino fell as former Met, that's right, former Met Jacob deGrom has signed a five-year, $185 million contract with the Texas Rangers. They have been hot for DeGrom all offseason. It was down to Texas, Atlanta was in the mix, Tampa Bay was in the mix, but ultimately, two-time Cy Young Award winner has decided to take his talents to Arlington. And it has to be a stunner, you know? They brought in John Gray last year. The Rangers brought in Corey Seager. They brought in Marcus Simeon. And now they're going for it again by trying to outspend the problem, right? They're trying to buy this team. And I don't know if it's going to work. But if you look at the deal, DeGrom is 34. He's got a five-year, 185. He has an option for a sixth year that can bring this total up to $222 million. Now, clearly, the Mets felt that this was too rich for their blood. And frankly, I am inclined to agree when you're taking a pitcher who has an injury history as great as Jacob DeGrom is and as great as he has performed as a Met, he has baggage. He definitely has baggage. And for a deal of that length, for a guy who's sneaky old, he's 34, even though, you know, his arm is relatively fresh compared to his age, sneaky old. He only threw 64 and a third innings this year I don't know what you're getting. A healthy DeGrom is a dominant DeGrom. But is a dominant DeGrom enough to take the Rangers over the hump? You know, career 252 ERA, 82 and 57 for his career. He's a stud. Jacob DeGrom is an absolute stud when healthy. I just feel like this is a major overpay for the Rangers. And. This now forces the Mets to make some moves, right? DeGrom is off the board. Carlos Rodon, still available. The Mets have met with him. Justin Verlander, still available. The Mets have been linked to him. 
Uh, they're in on Kodai Senga, right? They can always explore a trade. So it remains to be seen what the Mets will do. But now the Jacob deGrom signing certainly forces their hand. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes. Blake crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Man, just let him go. Let him go. Let him go. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know the conversations he's having with his agent. I mean, I know the Braves were interested. I know the Dodgers were interested. The Rays were interested. The Rays were. There were a number of teams that were interested. So it's like, hold my beer. Sign this contract with the Rangers. I mean, and for the Rangers. I guess from their perspective, you're you're thinking to yourself, this is the only way I'm gonna get this caliber of a pitcher to come here, right? Mm-hmm. Like Rod- Rodon's not going there. Like no. they're, they're they're not gonna lure. They, their team is is terrible. Like they're terrible, and they're in a division where the other teams are are clearly better than them. So I see I see why the Rangers did it. Right, they're banking on him staying healthy, and they're banking on them winning every fourth day, and they're—I guess—they're hoping for a wild card spot because you, uh, Seattle has arrived. Right? You agree? I would agree. Um, and, and they then, just traded for Colton Wong today, so there's, they're making moves. Yeah, and then you're gonna have to you know. Well, the Angels are not a pushover. You know, they could get hot. They could. They could turn this ship around with Otani and Trout and what they've got. So they're not a, they're not a slam dunk loser here, you know. Um, so I, I get it. I, I get I get it. I get it from the Ranger perspective, and and I guess from Degrom's perspective, he he realizes who he is. That's the only way to figure this out, right? It's like I know who I am. I've got. Maybe two years left, three years left. These guys are offering me the most money. I'm gonna go make bank, bro. <laughs> like that's the only way it makes sense. He's not looking to win. You're not looking. To, you're not going to the Rangers thinking we're winning the World Series. That's no just, way. Yeah. And I mean, oh yeah, let's not forget. Team, let's man. not forget the Astros are the class of the division. So they are. So you're not. You know, you're not looking to win. You're just looking to cash in. That's who you are. That's cool. That's cool. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with either side. Now, if I were the Rangers, I wouldn't throw that much money at a 34-year-old guy. But then again, you know, you don't. You're trying. You're trying to sell tickets. You're trying to have a reason for people to come to the ballpark in August because you're not going to be in it. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this roster, you know. There's a lot of youth on this team. A lot of youth. I mean, you have Seager, you have Simeon, and then it just falls off. You know, <laughs> <you> have, <laughs> just collapses. It's itself. just like, I mean, you have Brad Miller, Mitch Garver, Who? you have Nate Lowe, like Jonah Heim. Like, these are the players that you have on your roster. It's a very thin very young roster. Now, the one thing that they can hang their hat on in Arlington is that this rotation 
one through four is pretty stout. And it's, they can hang you there. The, you have DeGrom. Yeah. You have John Gray. You have Martin Perez, who had a solid year last year. And they got Jake Odorizzi from the Braves. That's not bad. But you could also hang your hat on, right? They do have a really good manager. Mm. That's true. They got Boach. Boach, he's, yeah, coaching there. And he's no slouch. So, you know, so, if, any, if anybody could, you know, do a lot with less, it's him. Right? He absolutely can. And, I mean, we'll also see because... You know, will you know there are plenty of players available in free agency, and maybe they want to make like a, a make good deal. Like you know, maybe a guy like Evan Longoria goes there. You know, that's maybe he goes. That. That's not doing. He's he's at the he's at the end of his rope. He's not. He doesn't have anything left. Well, I mean, we'll see. But he he provides that versatility that you're gonna want. Now, if you have young talent, maybe. Maybe you start flipping some of it to bring in more established players to go along with Simeon and Seager to try and bolster this. I mean, the the out the outfield is very thin, so like maybe you maybe you pull the trigger on. I mean, you at least make a run at Aaron Judge. Like if, if you think that you're if, if this window this this Degrom signing means that you believe your window is opening or is already open. You don't do this unless you think you're getting ready to contend. Because you you made Jacob DeGrom, like, you've made this offer with the idea that you're going to start making some moves. Now, Bochi was the big move. Like, who well, I mean, you need to bring in some veterans. So, well, you I don't, don't know. Count, you do, don't count Simeon and, and Seager as the veterans? Yeah, but you need more. You, okay. you, you have to fill out nine in that lineup, not two. You, you, you need to, you need more you need more avoid messy accidents get better stopping power with your brake pads Callahan brake pads you never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family Callahan Auto we really care about what's under your hood and speaking of more the Cleveland Browns are getting more unfortunately we're beginning the show with a little bit of a sour taste as the long-awaited return of Deshaun Watson to Cleveland he missed all of last season he missed the first 11 games of this season he will be in the building he will be under center against his old team the Texans this weekend so, what do you expect for Deshaun Watson this weekend, and does he make the Brown a contender? You know, it's really hard to say. I mean, the guy had not played football in over a year and a half. Um, you know, the good thing about the Browns is they have a really good running back, and they have a really good running game. They're going to Houston. They're going to play a team that's already given up on their season as they're starting their backup quarterback, who is who probably couldn't even play backup quarterback for any other team in this league. Um, you know, so from that perspective, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how rusty he is. I, I find it hard to believe he, as bad as the Texans are, I can't, I can't imagine he's gonna, he's gonna come in and throw for like 300 yards and three touchdowns, right? I mean. 
that would be pretty impressive if he was able to do that. Um, now it is the Texans. It is the Texans, but he's still. I mean, football is still a hard game. Like I just, I don't think you could just walk off the street and just light it up. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't think so. Um, now as as far as are they contenders? I mean, the the problem with them is they the AFC is a lot more challenging than the NFC, right? Like the mm-hmm. NFC is fucking anybody. It's just a it's anything goes. It's the wild wild west. But I mean. Like in the AFC East, you legit have four teams that are competing for a playoff spot. Um, even in the even in the division that the Browns are in, there are three teams in there that are playoff teams. I mean, the Bengals are a year removed from the Super Bowl. The Ravens are number one in the division. You know, the the South is trash, but in the West, the the West. I mean, Kansas City's there and. The Chargers are still in it. They're 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 they've been not healthy all season. So you got to think that they could possibly turn things around. So I think that you could peg the Browns for possibly getting a wild card spot, but they're gonna have to jump one of these teams in the East. And I don't know how hard. I don't know how easy that's gonna be. Well, frankly, I mean, I've made my position very clear on Deshaun Watson. I, I don't feel comfortable with this guy back in the league. I don't feel like he should be there. I, I don't think that the penalty was harsh enough from Roger Goodell and the NFL. But what I believe doesn't matter because he's there, he's under center, and, you know, the past year and change didn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things because he's still going to suit up, he's still going to play. Um, Are they so, contenders with him? Does he I mean, does he raise talent, does he does he raise them to another level? I mean, Brissett has played pretty good. I mean, they're coming off beating the Bucks. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I know it was at the last minute, but I mean, they're Jacoby coming off. Brissett has done more than admirably. You know, thrown twelve touchdowns. He's thrown for twenty, almost twenty six hundred yards, a little over twenty six hundred yards. He's kept the team afloat, right? He, they're fifteenth in the league in passing yards. You know, let's not be real. Let's be real here. He's not like, he's not Josh Allen. He's not, you know, Kirk Cousins. He's not doing those things. But Jacoby Brissett has earned the right to start in this league. Jacoby Brissett kept them afloat and he kept them in a position to make this move. He knew what he was getting into, and he embraced the role. This team is a running team. Let's call it what it is. Whatever success the Cleveland Browns are going to have, they're going to have it on the ground. That's what they need to do. They brought in Amari Cooper. They they traded for Deshaun Watson. This team is still a run-first identity. It's still a run-first identity. Now... Like you said, he's rusty. Deshaun Watson is rusty. He has not played in over a calendar year. We'll see. The talent was there. But there's going to be a lot of cloud over this, you know? And it's not just going to be in Cleveland. It's going to be wherever they go. Because, well, let's for starters, Tony Busby and some of the women that were complainants 
and some of the women who settle lawsuits versus Deshaun Watson are going to be at this game. And they're there to protest the fact that he is there. So there is continued scandal. There's continued cloud. And, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. When there's 23 separate allegations, it's kind of hard not to, you know, it's kind of hard to ignore them. It's kind of hard to kind of brush them all away. So I'm not going to pretend like we are because it's very, you know, it's very apparent that where there was smoke, there was fire. But Deshaun Watson is playing. Does he make them a contender? He makes them better. He's better than Jacoby Brissett. Now, a lot of things need to happen, right? You have the Texans this week. You have the Bengals next week. You have the Ravens, the Saints, the Commanders, who are no slouch. The Commanders on New Year's Day, they are no slouches. And then the Steelers possibly possibly playing spoiler the last week of the season. So they have an outside shot. They have an outside shot to, def- to, to make a move. The Patriots are no good. I, I can't believe I'm saying that in this day and age. The Patriots are no good. They're six and six, but they are no good. The Jets, the Jets are on the come. Now, I think the Jets are good enough to make the playoffs. I think three AFC East teams are gonna make the playoffs. Now sorry to hear that. Uh well, you know. But we're gonna see about that last spot. Because you're gonna have a few teams in this hunt still. You're gonna have you're gonna have Cleveland, you're gonna have Cincinnati. Whoever loses out on the AFC North, like they're definitely going to be in contention. So it's you know it, it's hard to say that they're not contenders because they just got this shot in the arm in terms of talent, but they also have this legitimate distraction hanging over their head. And speaking of legitimate distraction, transitioning from the the Browns to their opponents in Sunday's game, last Sunday's game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost to said Cleveland Browns in overtime. In overtime, but a loss is a loss. Dropping them to five and six on the season. Still good for first in that division. The NFC South is, uh, it's a little bit of a dumpster fire. Let's just call it what it is. It is a dumpster fire. Free agency is on the horizon for Tom Brady. And this team is getting older. This team does not look like it's trending in the right direction. So where does TB12 go from here? Does he stick with the Bucks? Does he retire? Or does he move on? Yeah, you know, I can't see... I really can't see him retiring, right? Because he pretty much lost his wife over this season. And I assume over, like, another season. They'd be shocked if he retired. He lost um, his wife. He lost his shirt. He lost a lot. This year. He lost a lot, man. And you know the the interesting part about the Bucks is I I do feel like I don't I don't know if he can go to another team that's just as talented as this team, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're set at receiver. I mean, you're not going to get a better receiving core than Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin. I mean, they're tight. They don't really have a tight end, but they got Justin Fournette and this kid White is a good running back. Like, and on the defensive side, uh, David Levante, David and and Shaq Barrett, all these guys play defense. Like, they're really good defense. They got he's got a defensive minded coach. He works well with the coordinator. So, 
unless the Bucks don't want him back, but then what other alternative do they have, right? Um, mm -hmm. Now, the only teams that popped up in my head immediately were, number one, the 49ers. Mm. Because Jimmy's G, Jimmy G's leaving. If Trey Lance isn't ready to play, your team is ready to compete for a Super Bowl. Especially if they, especially the 49ers don't win the Super Bowl this year. They don't even get there. You gotta think Kyle Shanahan's gonna be like, man, if we just had Tom Brady and Christian McCaffrey and uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo, imagine Tom Brady working with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Like, it's just, and then C Mac in the backfield, he's never had a running back of this caliber, right? No. So, you know, that's the first place I thought of. The second place I thought of was Vegas, the Raiders, right? It's because. You know, infamously, John Gruden preferred to have Derek Carr over Tom Brady. So this is your chance to go to Vegas and shut everybody up that didn't want you there. Um, it's not California, but, you know, they have Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, Tom Brady, wow. They, and if they bring Josh Jacobs back, which you would think they would if they got Tom Brady... I mean, I think that's competitive. And the last one might be a little funny to you. I, I think it's surely possible the Dolphins. And, even you know, with Tua. It, even with Tua, because Tua, Tua could get hurt. And you're telling me you wouldn't rather have Tom Brady throw into Tariq Hill, Jalen Waddle, have that whole backfield? You, you, you're telling me you wouldn't have that over... You wouldn't rather have Tom over Tua? I, I don't know. I think you would rather have Tom over Tua. You know, so that's where I don't think all these reports of going back to the Patriots, that's definitely not happening. There's no way he's going to go back and play in the cold and with there's nobody to play with there. That's not happening. But my I mean, I don't see him leaving unless the Bucks don't want him, but they don't have any other choice unless the Bucks go get Jimmy G, maybe that's possible. Right. But other than that, I, I, I don't really see it. So, I mean, let's not kid ourselves here. Tom Brady has a 10-year, $375 million contract with Fox waiting for him. So if he decides to hang it up, like, he's good. Like, Tom Brady is set. You know, he's going to be 46 years old. So would, would you begrudge him if he decides to put the, you know, put the suit jacket on and go do commentary? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have to take the beating, and I get to earn a shit ton of money. He would earn back about half of what he lost in the cryptocurrency uh, loss, right? Because it was about six hundred fifty million. So he would he would learn he would earn about half right there. He has a he has competition. Like he's probably the number two quarterback available in free agency. Lamar Jackson's number one. So. If you're telling me I can get Lamar Jackson or Tom Brady, if I'm Jason Light, I would I would really pause and think about that because yeah, I, I would but, get I would get Lamar Jackson for longer. Yeah, but to get Lamar Jackson, he can't run just any offense. I'm sorry. I mean, like, I mean, if you've seen the kid play, I mean, yeah, he can throw, he can run, but. He's not walking in and running just any offense. You kind of got to cater your offensive scheme to his skill set. Not a lot of coaches want to do that. You 
know, I, you know, not a lot of coaches are willing to change their scheme and change their system to fit what their players are. And that's the way you're supposed to do it. But if you look at, if you look at Kyle Shanahan, he keeps running his offense and getting the players killed. And then he's to dial it back and, and pass the ball more like Jimmy G does. But what he, what does he want to do? He wants to run the Buffalo offense. He wants his quarterback to be able to run over people and, and, and run out and roll out and throw the ball over the place, you know? Yeah, but that's the one thing that Byron Leftwich has already demonstrated that he's willing to do, right? Because who was the quarterback before Tom Brady? It was James Winston. That guy. Yeah, so Byron Leftwich went over to Tom Brady's house and said, what do we have to do? And Tom Brady said, we need to make this New England Patriots offense. Yes, sir. That was that was the exact I correct response. I don't response. think that's true, though. I don't think they're running the New England Patriots offense. That doesn't look like what they were doing down there. I think that a lot of a lot of what the Patriots doing were a lot of what the Patriots were doing was underneath stuff. It was like catch the ball and get down. You know, Mike Evans is running go routes. Curtis Godwin's going over the middle. I mean, they're they've got a lot of nuances, and they they throw the ball to Fournette out of the backfield a lot, which is the one thing they did do in New England. But when really they think. were when when the Bucks were effective and when the Bucks won the Super Bowl, what did we say they had to do? And what did we what did they end up doing? They ran New England offense. They went short and they ran the ball against the Chiefs. And they beat that ass. Yeah, but remember so, them remember against the yeah, maybe in maybe in certain situations, but remember when they played the Green Bay Packers, Scotty Miller running the running the go route at the end of the quarter, you know. And remember, also, they, they're they not throwing the ball to the tight end anymore. When Gronk was there, yeah, they were hitting their tight end, but tight end's almost eliminated from their, their scheme these days. I mean, yeah, the guy Otto, or whatever his name is, catches the ball on the goal line every once in a while, but he's not riffing off 45-yard runs or 60-yard passes. You know, he's just a tight end. He's just a tight end, but at the same time, that offense would be more dynamic with Lamar Jackson than it would be with Tom Brady because now you have that element of danger. You have that Tom Brady, the Tom Brady falls forward. He does not run. Third and inches, I'm gonna fall forward. There you go, you got the first down. Lamar Jackson is a legitimate threat out of the backfield. You know now, who's gonna you know who's gonna make a run at the Mr. Lamar Jackson? The Dolphins. No. Seattle Seahawks are going to make a run for Lamar Jackson 100,000%. It wouldn't surprise me. It certainly would not surprise me. They got their running back. They got their receivers. They just need a guy that's going to wear a wristband. (laughs) Now, now what about this? The, The Niners have been trying to replace Jimmy G, right? They thought Trey Lance was the guy. What yeah. if they're presented with Lamar Jackson, who's a yeah. better version of Trey Lance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that too. Absolutely. So, so would, absolutely. Would you keep Trey Lance or would you move on from Trey Lance? Because Jimmy G's gone. Like I think it's guaranteed that Jimmy G is gone. But Jimmy G is gone. Jimmy G's yeah. gone. Jimmy G's gonna look great in Jet Screen next year. Jet Screen. Giant Patriot, blue. Patriot blue. Giant blue. Yeah. Chicago Buc- Bears Navy. Buccaneers <laughs> white. Uh, no, I mean, what about even if he, if Lamar was to go to, was to go to, um, Arizona, where mm, Kyler's Kyler is the upstairs, right? It's possible. 
that's true. And then, you know, the musical chairs begins. But where, where does Baltimore go? Who does Baltimore get? Baltimore would have to draft a quarterback, I would assume. I would think Start so. Over. But, yeah. Like, but either way, Tom Brady is your number two. Like, Tom, to me, Tom Brady's a fallback option next year. Because he already retired once. It didn't stick. But you got he did James, retire once. Jameis Winston. You got Andrew Dalton. Yeah. Wow. Could you? Uh, well, here's the other thing. The, Mike the White. Thi- my, the immortal Mike White. Absolutely. Zach have, Wilson. Have, oh, God. Like, Mac Jones was... They, when pressured, Mac Jones is the second worst quarterback in the NFL. Zach Wilson is the worst under pressure. So that's you know that's, that's absolutely crazy to think that Mac Jones is the second worst, and then he you know Zach Wilson is the worst. But you know Brady is going to have his suitors. It's hard to say. It, it's hard to it's hard to discount three hundred seventy five million dollars for talking for a living. If I was given if I was given that deal, I would sign it in a heartbeat. So, I mean, Tom has to has a decision to make. He absolutely has a decision to make. And so do the Bucks. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave from the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrowniecode.com for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at sweetlifebrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. A decision has already been made for one Jose Abreu. The former White Sox, yes, the former White Sox, has inked a contract with the Houston Astros. Three years, 58 million bucks. So Andrew Vaughn is taking over at first base for Mr. Abreu in Chicago. They went to Vaughn. Give me Vaughn. They, have, they went to Vaughn. Speech they wanted the Vaughn. Parkman. Oh, Parkman. Load the base of Parkman, what are you nuts? So with this signing, what does this do for the Astros? And we already know who the next big name was because we broke the news. Who's after DeGrom? Who signed next? Gosh, I mean, they're going to have Abreu, Bregman, mm-hmm. Alvarez. Uh-huh. God. Pena. Man. Pena. Tucker. Tucker. Altuve. Should I keep going? No, I think we're good. Uh, they need a catcher, so they need to go to the catcher. But, my God. I mean, it sounds like they're heading back to the World Series. Like, who's going to stop them? Um, 
Uh, well, yeah, we, we broke the show with, um, you know, we, we broke the show with the Grom, you know, finally choosing his spot. Who's next? You know, when when does Aaron Judge sign, right? You know, and so that that's the question I would I would wonder. I've got to I've got to assume, you know, he's got to be sued. Um, I think somebody takes a shot at Josh Bell. Josh Bell's a very good player. He's a very good first baseman. Um, I also I um I think I think Trey Turner. Trey mm. Turner is pivotal, and I I really feel like he's going to the Orioles. I'd be shocked. So I would say Josh Bell is probably the next one because he plays first base. Then my next would be I think the shortstops start to go. So I'm going with Correa, Bogarts, Turner. Who's going to sign first? I would think Turner's going to sign first because he's the one everybody wants. That that's just my guess. Um, good. As far as what Abreu brings to the Astros. Right, you have a career 292 hitter, 243 homers, 863 ribbies, solid play, former MVP, solid play. At this stage in the game, he is getting a little long in the tooth, right? But he's replacing Yuli Gurriel, who is 38 years old. So, yeah. You're able to, you're replacing Guriel, but, you know, Abreu doesn't have to play the field every day. He's 35. You can put him, you can put him at first. You can DH him and go get a first baseman. You can kind of rotate him through, but this so team now, is stacked. It's so stacked. listen, so the Mets, the Mets lose out on DeGrom. Like, do you want to see them? get a Verlander? Do you want to see them go try and get a Kershaw? Like, are you trying to get that level? Are you trying to get younger? Like, what's your what's your POV on that? I mean, or do you go, do you want do you want them to go after, like, a, a Chris Archer? Do you, or well, do you want them, let me, my, Michael Waka? Like, what are you looking for, man? Oh, I already saw the Michael Waka show. That's alright. I don't need to see that again. Um, as, well, let's stick with the Astros first, and then I'll go into the Mets. Um, as far as the Astros... Like, they definitely can use some more help. They definitely can, unless they believe, unless they believe in Corey Lee, you know, 24-year-old catcher, if they think he's the guy, because it's him and Martin Maldonado. Martin Maldonado, we know, he has no stick. He's he all need it, no though. Stick. Does he need it? They're winning without, they're winning World Series with it. I mean, yeah, he has but, some clutch you know, hits. He has some clutch hits, but... At the end of the day, he's also 36 year old. So you really need to start planning for the future because they are getting a little long in the tooth. Maldonado's 36. You just brought in a Brave who's 35. You brought Altuve who's 32. You have everybody else is in the mid to late 20s. So you can build around these guys, but. Gary Sanchez. No way. <laughs> Absolutely not. Gary Sanchez, if he signs with the Astros, he is signing to be a DH. They are not, there's no way they're going to sign him and give him a glove. There's absolutely no way they're going to give, let's say, Gary Sanchez catch. Absolutely not. Um, they're, they're lukewarm on Wilson Contreras, who's easily the best guy on the market. You know, 
if you value power, Mike Zunino is a guy, is your guy, right? Zunino has great power. He's great defensively. He cannot hit for shit. Austin so, Oh God! You know, all all glove, no stick. You need another one of those guys. You know, Christian Vasquez is probably the the perfect guy for the for the team. You know, and he's relatively he's you know he's in his early 30s, so you can definitely build on that. But the market is not great for free agent catchers. You know, 39 year old Chirinos, 39 year old Suzuki. You know, Austin Hedges. If Austin Hedges is another all glove, no stick guy. You know, Jorge Alfaro. You want to kick the tires on Jorge Alfaro? The Marlins thought of him so much as a catcher. He was playing left field last year. Like that's what they were thought of Jorge Alfaro as a catcher. Um, the most intriguing name outside of Wilson Contreras and Zunino. I like Tucker Barnhart. You know, I, I, he's a solid player. And that if guy. you're if you're gonna go with the platoon you might as well go with a guy like Tucker Barnhart. You know, you can have him, you have Maldonado, both pros behind the plate. They can carry this rotation through the year and they'll be better off for it because that rotation stacked and still ready to play. As far as the Mets go, you lost the Grom, you know. You're going to lose Nemo. You're, uh, you may lose Nimmo. I'm still not 100% sure because the teams kicking around on Nimmo are the Rockies and the Rays. The Rays, I don't believe for a second. But I, I don't un, Until they spend money, I don't believe the Rays will spend money. The Rockies, if he goes to, if he goes to Colorado, Brandon, Brandon Nimmo's career is going to die. He's going to die on the bike. I'm going to put it out there right now. Like, look at what happened to Chris Bryant last year. That's all you need to know. The Mets, they don't necessarily need to go big game hunting for a Verlander unless the price is right, because he's going to be 40. You know, it's you're going to have the 2009-2011 Detroit Tigers at the top of your rotation. You're going to have Verlander and Scherzer at the top of your, of your rotation. When they were younger, they took the Tigers to the World Series. That's they great. Still That's didn't wonderful. Even win. They didn't even yeah, win. And they didn't win. No, they, <laughs> they lost. Exactly. Precisely. So as good as they are, you know, if you're signing Justin Verlander, you're signing him to be number three. You know, he's there to be your, he's a depth guy. Justin Verlander needs to be your depth guy. Now, I don't know who this number one is. Like I've never I don't know about the about Kodai Senga. Like, he's 29, has a devastating splitter, but, like, seemingly every Japanese pitcher that comes out of Japan has a devastating split. It's what they do, you know? Every, from Nomo to Sasaki to Hideki Arabu, Tanaka, splitter. We'll see. Like, I'm not sold. Rodon, the, the Mets could certainly use a lefty. They could certainly use a lefty. The problem is that the Mets have so many needs because their entire bullpen is gone, too. So I, you know, I, I hesitate to venture a guess as to what Steve Cohen and Billy Epler are gonna do, but you need depth. You definitely need depth. I would put my feelers out for Bassett. Like outside of the how he ended, he was a catalyst for this team. He carried the team through the dog days of the season. Same thing with Taiwan Walker. Like they were not the problem last year. They were certainly not the problem. When it matters, mo- when it mattered most, the hitting failed. But the pitching, 
carry them through the tough times. As far as the next major domino, you you'd want to think it's Trey Turner, but I think Trey Turner is going to hold out until at least after the winter meetings. I think that he's going to have a lot of suitors and he's going to have to figure out whether or not, you know, these are good fits and what they want to do. Are they going to treat him like a super utility type guy? Like, oh, you're going to be short, you're going to be second, you're going to play center, you're going to be like that jack of all trades, that Swiss army knife type of player, or like, are you going to get signed, like say to the Atlanta Braves? and say, You're, you are our everyday shortstop. That is your role. So I, I don't know what's going to happen to him. But he's the, he's the most talented free agent. That is for sure. I got to think, I, I, I got to think a guy like Benintendi is probably going to go before he does. I, got, I have a feeling that Benintendi is going to go before Turner. And that's going to change the market. Benintendi could possibly fill the void left by Jesse Winker in Seattle because they just dealt him off to Milwaukee in the Colton Wong trade. So that could be something that uh, definitely happens. But we're definitely going to monitor that. And we are monitoring the Aaron Judge trade. We have our first major offer from one Mr. Judge. The Yankees have reportedly offered him eight years and $300 million. He has been in meetings with the San Francisco, San Francisco Giants. He has been in meetings. But those meetings have ended without contract. So, where do we go from here? Where does Aaron Judge end up? I mean, if anything, I, I think what the Yankees have done is if they, they've shown their hand they've said okay you know this is what we're willing to do you know well I could I would assume that they would come up a little bit more but they're not going to hit that 400 million dollar number so to me it seems like you know they've made their stands they've made their bed and to me it makes it look like he's going to be going to the Giants unless he wants to take a significant pay cut and and he's willing to, you know, finish his career at 39 years old. It is, it's hard to fathom the New York Yankees getting outbid for a player. You know, it, it really is hard to fathom because they're the New York fucking Yankees. At some point, they're going to act like the New York Yankees. At least you would think so. I don't think so, though. I don't. I don't, I don't know what makes you think that. Like they've already said that they're changing their philosophy. They're not going to go over luxury tax. They're not going to try to, you know, quote unquote, buy championships. Like they've made it pretty evident. Or else this guy would have never even hit free agency. I mean, if you think about the the offer before the season, it's just a kick in this nutsack when you think about it. I mean. What, they offer like two hundred million dollars. Like, dude, you were so far off on this. And and what's his motivation for coming back? I mean, do you you're gonna you're if you come back, they're all gonna compare whatever you do to the year you just had, which you're never gonna do again. You know, somebody on the radio was trying to say like, oh, he's an already an all-time great Yankee. It's like, 
were we watching two different careers unfold? Up until last year, what the fuck did he really do? I don't... He has no World Series rings. He... I, I, he doesn't show up in the playoffs. He sucked in this last playoff. I think he he struck out. He didn't get any. He didn't get like three hits. They're trying to compare him to like Mattingly. Don't even start. Like that's not. They're like he's the modern day Mattingly. That's not true at all. I don't know what planet these people are on. Maybe you're just saying that because you hope he hears it and that makes him want to come here. But he's not the modern day. He's not the modern day Mattingly at all. He's. Right now, he's a guy. He's a guy that had, like, a really good year last year. But for the before that, what he didn't really do much. So, I don't... I mean, I'm not a Yankee fan. So, I don't... Yeah, maybe... You know, maybe we need to get Danny Butler on here again to tell us what's going on. But to me, it's like, whatever, man. Like, you go, you go. You stay, you stay. Great. But I think it's... You know, I mean, he's leaving. We can go through. We can go through a lot of our li- a lot of our list of guests. We can go through our rolodex, like Danny, like Ran the Man, Rita Sanchez, Rob Adams. We've had our fair share of Yankee fans on here, and they love the guy. And you know, it's hard to it's it's hard to bet against Aaron Judge. It's hard to it's hard not to root for him. Like, he's a very good player. He accounted for about twenty percent of the Yankees' offense last year. Like that's that's crazy. Does that say I more know. about him, or does that say more about what the Yankees' offense, though, dude? No, I mean it's a little bit of both. Like you can't have one without the other. So, you know, based on what happened last year, he stepped up and you're he put start- the team on his back. You're you're leading off the game with Anthony Rizzo, like. <laughs> well, that's the ineptitude of your manager. I mean, come on, guys. Clearly, well, you're not really doing well. No, like that's the that that is the ineptitude of the manager. But given the circumstances, Aaron Judge went above and beyond what was necessary. You know, Lemayhu was hurt. You got nothing out of Hicks. You got you got something out of Stanton, but it wasn't all the time. You got Donaldson was a waste. IKF is a waste. Glaber Torres came on late. He had to pick up the slack, and he did. So credit to him, he earned the MVP. Now, you're right. He has, He's going to be compared to last year. Is, is it a fair comparison? Sure, why not? It's the same guy. So I think that, you know, the Yankees have a value for him. They have a ceiling for him. And they're not willing to to do what is necessary to keep him. Now, to me, this comes down to two teams. Both on the West Coast. The Giants, for sure. You know, he's from the, the area. Their outfield is pretty pedestrian. You know, Luis Gonzalez. Not that Luis Gonzalez. The other Luis Gonzalez. You know, he's not even the most famous Luis Gonzalez. Jock Peterson, your boy, is there. Like, Austin Slater. Yeah, they gave him a qualifying offer. Lamont Wade. Like, Mike Yastrzemski, 32 years old. I didn't realize Mike Yastrzemski was that old. So, you know, that's the outfield. Like, that is the outfield in San Francisco. And you look at that roster. It... uh, it's hard to say they're moving the needle at all, you know? 
Brandon Belt's a free agent. You have Crawford, you have J.D. Davis, you have Tyro Estrada, you have Wilmer Flores. Like, that's not moving the needle, you know? That's just not doing it. And it it really speaks to the fact that, that the Giants are, are selling out trying to get him. And if I'm looking at this roster, I'm like, do I really want to go to this team? Like, do I really want to? It's like, yeah, I'm home. Like, I get to see my mom and dad all the time, but this team's not good. Like, they were 81 and 81 last year. It's They were at 500. Like, not great. Which brings me to the other team. The Los Angeles Dodgers. And you can never, never, ever count them out. Can you imagine an outfield of whoever you want in left field, right? They have Chris Taylor, they have Trace Thompson, they like this kid Pages. You move Mookie Betts to center field, you have Aaron Judge in right. Plus you, in addition to Freeman, in addition to, you know, the absolute glut of talent with Muncie. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to discount the Dodgers. It, you know, it, it really is, especially if they can stick it to the Yankees and and they can stick it to the Giants. That would that would that would leave me double motivated. <laughs> that would that would definitely leave me doubly motivated to make that move. And here's a blank fucking check. Like whatever you want, you fill it in. You fill it in. Like whatever you got to do. I I you know. As a New York sports fan, I want him to stay. I feel like he's earned his stripes. I think he's earned his cred here. And I would like Aaron Judge to stay. I, I don't I just don't think the Yankees value him the way the fans do. And if they are truly committed to getting out from under this luxury tax, then we're talking about a rebuild. You're talking about a Yankee rebuild. And you're going to be shedding payroll. So you have to shed guys like Hicks. Who else are you going to shed? Donaldson? He won't be missed. So, I don't know. It just seems like the Yankees are in for... If they lose Judge, they're going to be in for even longer periods of dry spells. Because been a while. I mean, 2009 isn't exactly uh, isn't exactly fresh in people's minds anymore, you know? And the Yankees need to do something. This current model isn't working. I think everybody's in agreement on that. The only the only person it's working for is the Steinbrenners. Like, they're, you know, they're spending less. And they're not getting a major return on their investment. It's not... The Yankees aren't judged on first place finishes. The Yankees aren't judged on, oh, we made it to the championship series. Like, that's not what the Yankees do. The Yankees are World Series or bust. Derek Jeter has eloquently said that. If you don't win the World Series, it's a failure if you're a Yankee fan. If you're a Yankee, it's a failure. And by that standard, the Yankees are accepting failure now. And... I don't know how much longer Yankee fans are going to stand for it.
Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Fair or foul? Judging the more messed up moments of the week. All right, boys and girls, here's how it goes. We have a statement, and it's either fair or foul. Fair or foul. Number one, James Robinson not dressing for the New York Jets against a terrible Chicago Bears team. You know, I'm surprised the New York media hasn't talked more about this. Like, they're all over Salah, and they're all over Joe Douglas for the stuff that's going on with Zach Wilson and the and the stuff that's going on with Mike White, but has any, no one's really addressed the fact that Joe Douglas traded for James Robinson and he hasn't played. Like, he hasn't made any kind of impact at all. And granted, it was only for, uh, I think it's a six-round pick, additional fifth-round pick, right? But mm-hmm. still, no one's talked about that. So my whole thing is, if you're not playing him because you don't want to lose a fifth-round pick, Alright, I kind of get that. Okay, sure. But then why'd you trade for him? Exactly. Yeah, why'd you trade for him? Why'd you waste his time? Because he said in a recent interview, he's like, man, I didn't come here not to play. Like, send me back to Jacksonville so I could play. Travis Etienne just got hurt. Maybe I could get some more burn. So, I'm going to say it's foul. Um, I think it's only fair if they're just trying not to lose a draft pick. It's a little foul. It's definitely foul. Uh, You know... He averages, he's been averaging about four yards a carry this year. He's got three touchdowns on the year. When he plays consistently, James Robinson is productive. Now, the one thing that you can say is that Zonovan Knight had a hell of a game, 14 for 69, for a guy who, like, who the hell is Zonovan Knight? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? All things considered. You know, the, the Jets' rushing game, like, combined 158 yards. So, all in all, like, they moved the ball pretty well against the Chicago Bears. But, you know, this combination, since Brees Hall went out, has not been what they had hoped it would be. You would hope that Michael Carter and James Robinson would pick up the load, and Michael Carter was a non-factor in the Bears game, right? Six carries for 21 yards. Like, he, like Ty Johnson got more burn than him. Like, Di- Ty Johnson got better results than him. Ty Johnson was the only running back who put the ball in the end zone. So, it speaks volumes to me that James Robinson could not crack this lineup. Because there's nothing great here. You know, the, the great running back is the one that's out. He's the one that's hurt. So, 
you know, it, it's a little foul. And if it's motive, if they're motivated by not wanting to give up the draft pick, then what the hell did you trade for this guy for? Like, because he was available? Like, I, I don't understand that. Like, you're, you don't bring a guy in just to not play him. If that was the case, you know, you could have, you could have saved your, you could have saved the draft pick, not traded for him, and pick up a guy like Daryl Henderson who's on the market. Melvin or was Gordon. on the market. Melvin Gordon. Melvin just Gordon signed just the, signed with the, the Chiefs. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, you you can pick up a guy, like you absolutely can. You're right. It, it makes absolutely no sense to me. But you know, what are you gonna do? The Jets are gonna jet. It's only it's only a matter of time. Fair or foul number two. Don Mattingly wearing a Blue Jays uniform next year. You know, people are all getting all crazy about this because he's such a Yankee and it's all this nostalgia from the late 80s, early 90s. But, dude, the guy wants to coach. Like, the Yankees offered him a broadcasting gig and he turned it down. Like, he wants to be – he's going to be their bench coach. Like, he wants to be in the dugout, and he's a terrible coach. But, yeah, I think it's I think it's fair. Good for him. I'm glad. I mean, whatever makes him happy, I think it's fair. <laughs> I mean, it's very fair. You have to go where the work is. And since the Yankees managerial vacancy is not vacant because <laughs> they refuse to fire Aaron Boone, that you guy. have to do what you have to do. And I don't begrudge Don Mattingly for wanting to work. I really don't. Right, you like, can't. You, I, can't. I, no. you, you absolutely can't. I'm happy for him. Yeah. Now, you know, to me, it's more interesting to talk about Don Mattingly's place on the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee ballot. He's going up against guys like Dale Murphy. He's going up against Kurt Schilling, Albert Bell, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds. This is what's coming up, right? And then the vote, I believe, is coming up tomorrow. Only three can get in. Only three can get in. You've seen the ballot. So who would be your three? Nobody. Oh. I don't want any of them. Honestly. If I was going to put one in, it would be maybe Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff, Kurt Schilling, champions. I mean, Kurt Schilling, him and Randy Johnson single-handedly beat the Yankees in that damn World Series. Unbelievable. Then you have the bloody sock. Fred McGriff, I mean, he was just like, he was like the dominant lefty batting. He was the dominant lefty batter for such a long time, right? And mm-hmm. he was the Braves icon, and, and he won. You know, Dale Murphy, nah, you, not really, I'm not feeling you. I mean, he's a big Braves star too, but no, nah, I'm, I'm, if anything, those are the people I would go with. That's fair. I mean, Don Mattingly is very good. Former MVP, like, the, the speaks for himself. You know, the fact that Keith Hernandez is not on this ballot, but Don Mattingly is, is very interesting. Considering the fact that I would put them neck and neck. So Keith Hernandez wait, also wait, 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 had, a wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Keith Hernandez has a World Series ring, though, man. And co-MVP. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. You can't. You can't talk about those guys together. You just can't. That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful to what Keith Hernandez was. Man, I get it. Like Don Mattingly. I mean, listen. I'm not a Yankee fan, but when I was a kid, I liked Don Mattingly. He, Donnie Baseball. I mean, we all say it, but. That's an East Coast thing. That's a New York Yankees thing. Like, he didn't win a World Series. He never, he, he's, a, he's a shit manager. Like, whatever, you know? 
Like, that's just the truth of the matter. It's, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's all right, but nah, man. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. What about you? I mean, I, I say keep all the steroid guys out. Of I'm with you on that. No, on principle, these fucking guys should never, ever, ever. Yeah. be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm fine with McGriff. I think McGriff would be a fine addition. If you voted for Mattingly, I wouldn't begrudge you, but I think Keith Hernandez has to be on this fucking ballot. I think Keith Hernandez, if Mattingly's in, then Keith Hernandez has to be in. I'm with you on that. So, Dale Murphy, eh, you're not great. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he doesn't do it's anything a, for me. For it's me, a Braves thing, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. Albert Bell. Albert fucking Bell was a mess. Who holds? Like, I bet he, he steroids, right? Steroids no, Albert Bell was clean. clean. Albert Bell was clean. He was no championships. Asshole. No championships. Home run leader a couple of times, right? Five-time All-Star, five-time five time Silver Slugger. Torched Fernando Vina on that ground ball. Like he's a Hall of Fame asshole. So that's that's the reason why he didn't get the traction, right? But you know who else didn't get traction because he was a Hall of Fame asshole? Jim Rice. Jim Rice is in the Hall of Fame. It took him time. The, the people he was mean to had to lose their ballot. And then the people who took their play, took his place realized that, hey, he was actually a really good player. Like, they were, I'm sorry that Jim Rice and Albert, Mel, Albert Bell were mean to you. It's not their job to be nice to you. It's their job to hit home runs and win games. That's what they're supposed to do. And if they're pricks... They're pricks. But Albert Bell more than deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. That guy was a that guy was a problem. That guy. That guy was a problem. Fair or foul, Aaron Rodgers being open to being shut down for the rest of the season. Oh man, that's foul. That's so foul. I mean, you know, you, you kinda you kinda force the Packers hand to pay you all this money. You're openly complaining about their level of talent, and you you openly talk trash about these rookie wide receivers. Meanwhile, you missed camp, and you you weren't at OTAs, and it's just like, and now you're gonna be like, yeah, ah, uh, I don't gotta, you know, if they want to let Jordan Love play, they can. I'd be open to it. It's just like, I could you imagine like Steve Young or Joe Montana or Dan Marino or Brett Favre saying anything like that? can't remember the last time I would think that like, a great quarterback would say something like that. Even like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not going to say, well, you know, we're out of it, so you might as well let, you know, David Hewitt play. <laughs> like, what? It's absolutely foul. It's a slap in the face of the Green Bay Packers. It's a slap in the face of the Green Bay Packers fans. It's absolutely ridiculous that Aaron Rodgers, because he didn't get his way, we now seed his time because they're going nowhere. Well, why are you not going anywhere? I, I would like to, I, I wish he would answer that question. Is it because of all the w- rookie receivers? Well, why do you have rookie receivers? Because they trade Devontae Adams. Why they trade Devontae Adams? Because they gave you all the money. Spin it back. You guys spin it all the way back. So. Are, are you happy with your contract? Are you happy with the lucrative money you, you're making? I'm sure you are. But at what expense? Is he going to be a Jet cost? next year? Oh, fuck, I hope not. Like, yeah. It would, here's what wouldn't surprise me. If in this 
battle of wills in Denver. Like, they keep Hackett, find a way to get rid of Will, of Russell Wilson. That's not happening, man. It's not happening. They can't get rid of him. They can't. They just literally, they cannot get rid of him. It's too much money. They gave up too much to get him. They can't. Seattle's basically going to be able to rebuild their team next year because of him. John Schneider's looking great. John Schneider's looking absolutely freaking great. But they got to do something because, I mean, they're toast. You know and what they're going to do? You know that what team gonna... was built for Aaron Rodgers, though. Yeah, but you and know when... what they're going to They're pretty much going to fire Hackett, and they're going to try to find a coach that says, we, I could fix Russell Wilson. That's what they need to do. They need to get a coach that's going to be like, I can fix Russell Wilson. That's how you're going to get the job. Yeah, I don't know if you can fix Russell Wilson at this point. He's going to be 35 years old. You know, I, I really don't know about that. Are you going to bring in a guy like Daryl Bevel? Are you that, that guy who was his offensive coordinator? Like, are you going to are you going to take the risk on another rookie head coach? I don't know, but like, what about a Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Brien would be interesting. He definitely would be interesting. I'd like to see if he would wear out his welcome in Denver the way he wore out his welcome in Houston. As long as they don't make him the GM, well, I think hold on, be fine. I mean, hold on. Where did he wear out his welcome? I mean, he got them to either the AFC, no, not the championship game, but he he had the Kansas City Chiefs on the ropes in the divisional game. In fact, I'm pretty sure they were winning going into halftime, and they like lost the game either in the third or the fourth quarter. Like you know, his team was studded. They were, you know, they were on their way. He got out of Dodge right before the shit hit the fan with Sean Watson. Yeah, but this was all his doing because he was also the GM. But he, he's the one who orchestrated the Larry, Larry Tunsil thing. He's the one who orchestrated the DeAndre, the DeAndre Hopkins thing. But he brought in David Johnson knowing that he had one, half a knee. Just because he just wanted to prove a point to DeAndre Hopkins. Like, that's the kind of guy you're getting as a coach. You know, as long as he's not, as long as he's a coach and not a player personnel guy, like Bill O'Brien's a fine coach. Like he's a, he's a good, aggressive, offensive mind. But I mean, I really don't know if that's gonna be, if, if that's gonna unlock Russell Wilson. But clearly, the Broncos made the move that they made, hoping and praying and wishing that Aaron Rodgers is gonna be that guy, and it wasn't. It wasn't the case. Now, Rodgers, Rodgers can walk away. He's been saying it for years, right? He could, you know, he could end up supplanting Mayim Bialik as the host of Jeopardy. Like, he can end up doing that. He can go to, you know, Machu Picchu and take all the ayahuasca he wants. Like, this is, this is his prerogative. He can do what he likes. If Rodgers wants to play next year, he's going to want to stick it up the Packers' ass. Because like, I, I think that I think this relationship is irreparable. Now, where would he go? What would the what would be the most ideal situation to stick it up the Packers' ass? So, does he go to the Niners? I don't think the Niners need him. Right? Does he go? You know, the he, the Lions are going to take him. He's not going to want to go to the Lions. He's not going to want to go to the Bears. The Vikings have a quarterback. I, I don't know where who is going to indulge him in this revenge fantasy. Like I don't know. I don't see that. Like this made up revenge fantasy that is his fault. I mean, 
guess it, I guess it is the Jets. Because if he's going to parallel Brett Favre's career, then he went, you know, Brett Favre went from the Packers to the Jets. And then he ended up in Minnesota. So maybe he goes from the Packers to the Jets and ends up with the Niners. I don't know. But, you know, like, Aaron Rodgers' mind is pretty freaking twisted. Like, that's all, that's all I'm going to say. Like, he, this, this is his doing. But he's gaslighting people into believing that it's the organization. Sorry, man. That's on you. That's all on you. And fair or foul number four. We have a bonus fair or foul for you. Germany, Germany, Belgium, and Mexico exiting the World Cup early. I think it's fair. It makes it exciting. You know, it'd be great to see a team that's never gotten to the finals or see a team win that's never won before or see teams advance. It's, but, you know, this thing is every four years. So, you know, it's good to see uh, some, you know, some, some different teams going on. Yeah, I mean, it's totally fair. Uh, Belgium, their best player, Kevin De Bruyne, has said, we don't have a shot, we're too old. Like, at least he was honest, you know? Uh, I, I will take that. Mexico seemingly has been knocking on the doors for years. They have Guillermo Ochoa, who's one of the best keepers in the world. And they were just unable to get the job done. And, you know, they've kind of, their style is to muck it up. You know, you have a goal differential of negative one for them, but they only scored two goals. Mexico only scored twice in the in the in the World Cup, so like that one's disappointing. You have Germany. Germany's another team that was that was too old. Like they were, they've been long in the tooth for a while. They've certainly been long in the tooth for a while, and. You really like that long in the tooth comment this this week. It is. It's it's accurate. A lot of it's people are accurate. long in the tooth. They are. <laughs> they are. You know, Degrom is long in the tooth. You had Abreu was long in the tooth. I'm long you, in the tooth. You're long you're in the long, tooth. I'm long in the tooth. Everybody's long in the tooth. Tom Brady's but long in the tooth. Aaron Rodgers is long in the tooth. They're getting old. Russell Wilson, sneaky. Russell sneaky Wilson, long. long he's in the medium. Tooth. He's medium in the tooth. He's, he's medium. Tooth. He's medium in the tooth. But you know, Mexico, like Mexico for me is probably the biggest disappointment, just because this is their prime. This is, you know, that's a team that should be in the next round, just because they're young. They have they're younger than Belgium and Germany. They have the capable talent, and. Yeah, they just could not survive their group. Now, you know, Poland has Lewandowski. He's a, you know, he's a great striker. And that was enough to get them through. And Argentina is Argentina. You know, they, they lost to Saudi Arabia, but they recovered. They did what you're, they did what you're supposed to do as a, so- as a football power, as a soccer power. And, you know, maybe this next World Cup, Mexico will be back. They're going to be there. We're we're hosting. North America's hosting. So U.S., Canada, and Mexico are all going to be there. We're going to see what kind of field, what kind of team uh, Mexico fields. But they certainly are more talented than they let on. And for me, that's the most disappointing. But kudos to the up-and-comers. Kudos to like countries like Senegal. You know, Senegal is not what you would call a world power. You know, Australia, the Socceroos, they made it. 
know, Japan won their group. I mean, South Korea. These teams are bubbling up. This is very, you know, if you want to grow the game on a, a world stage, this is the way to do it. This is the way to do it. And if you have to sacrifice some uh, traditional powers, then so be it. But that's the case, at least in this unusual Winter World Cup that we're having right now. Need some last-minute fantasy football advice? Then the boys at the Fade Route have you covered. Tune in every NFL Sunday to Red Light, Green Light, 1, 2, 3 with DNZ. DNI give you our top 1, 2, 3 fantasy starts or green light and fantasy sits or red light. That's red light, green light, 1, 2, 3 every NFL Sunday during the season. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get the fade route. That's red light, green light, 1, 2, 3 with DNZ every NFL Sunday during the season. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. Here's how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter page at FadeRouteDNZ. And you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets their time in the sun on this here show. And they get the coveted ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week, Dave? I don't. The nation of Argentina. <laughs> the Argentinian national team for losing to Saudi Arabia. Granted, they did recover, so it feels kind of feels a little presumptuous, but hey, you guys got the ass anyway. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week, D? All right, first up, I've got head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. Matt Stafford clears concussion protocol, but will not play this weekend? Not sure what you're tanking for. You have no first-round picks for, like, the next 100 years. Sean McVay, you are my Alleged Superstar of the Week. Number two, another coach, Bill Belichick. Not naming an offensive coordinator and having your sons run the defense has failed. The Pats are 6-6, six and six and like you said before, they might not even be better than the Jets at this point. Bill Belichick, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last and certainly least, Aaron Rodgers. Open to sitting the rest of the season since the team has slim chances to make the Super Bowl? Then sit, dude. Don't play. I am sure all the great quarterbacks before you would also sit and not play for the regular season in this same situation. Aaron Rodgers, you're my legend superstar of the week. Z, what do you got? Well, I mean, all good choices. We're going to go with a couple of Joneses. We're going to keep up with the Joneses. Starting first with Jerry Jones. Oh, what can you say about Jerry Jones? Apparently, a photo of him has come out recently of his attendance of a a rally against integration of public schools. So he, Jerry Jones, attended a desegregation protest in Arkansas in 1957. 
that's quite the scene and it's coming to light now and quite frankly it is it's disgraceful it certainly is disgraceful especially considering the fact that you know you make your money in a league where you know the majority of your workforce is african american so what does that say man like what does that really say like you're at this rally saying that they can't go to the same school but spin it forward and i can exploit you to you know win me championships and earn me billions of dollars that's disingenuous to me and jerry jones you are my alleged superstar of the week not as heavy mac jones shitting the bed against the bills and then getting caught on the sideline saying throw the ball this fucking run game sucks well maybe maybe just maybe they wouldn't be running this ball the way they were running the ball if you were actually if you were a good quarterback when pressured you are the second worst quarterback in the NFL second only to Zach fucking Wilson and we know where Zach Wilson is right now he's behind the legendary Mike White so Matt Jones you need to figure out who you are you're 17th when not pressured you're D- you're second to DFL when you are pressured so Matt Jones figure it out and fast Matt Jones you are my alleged superstar of the week and last but not least MMA head MMA coach James Kraus who well you know just your regular corruption case in MMA so suspicious betting activity possible match fixing and fight throwing in the UFC so you know a typical night in Vegas Derek Minner and Shailon Nerdebike had a fight on the November 5th card and there was a sudden surge in a particular direction towards Nerdebike specifically to for a knockout in less than two and a half minutes. That's kind of a red flag. Major red flag. To the point where not only did Minner get released, Minner got released from his UFC contract, but now this coach is banned. UFC, you may need to clean this up beyond this coach. By extension, UFC, you are my alleged superstar of the week getting pretty seedy but what do you expect in Sin City those are ours head over to our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominees just do better boys just do better can't help but smile when you see a balloon. 
The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. It is the option for week 13 in the NFL. We are in the thick of things, but you can still join us in our CBS Pick'em, also entitled The Option. Go to our Instagram bio at Fade Route Podcast. Click on the link and find us. It is a tight race right now. Foxy and I are tied for first, but second place is only one point behind. Third place is only two points behind. We are neck and neck and neck and neck. Let's see what you got. We both had the bills this week, and they proved us right, so kudos to us. But now it's time for us to go to Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The 4-7 and seven Steelers going to Hotlanta to take on the 5-7 and seven Falcons. You know, I kind of was going back and forth on this one for a bit. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with Steelers. I mean, this is tough. You know, the Steelers did just beat the Colts. So they, they look better. They certainly look better. But I'm going to take the Falcons. I just don't think the Steelers are any good. And that pains me to say because I like Coach Tomlin a lot. Kenny Pickett might be trending in the right direction, but he's just not there yet. Broncos country, we're riding east to take on the 7-4 and four Baltimore Ravens, the 3-8 and eight Broncos, or the 7-4 and four Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, pretty easily. Pretty easily. Now, over under one fight between Russell Wilson and a defensive lineman. Under, under. You know better than to do that on TV. Well, it already happened once. So, I mean, we'll see. But we gotta, we have the power of positivity. Russell Wilson and three and eight Broncos. That's right. They're gonna lose. And they're gonna lose. <laughs> huge. 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 You heard it here first. The four and eight Packers made with Aaron Rodgers, made with Jordan Love. <laughs> go into Soldier Field to take on the three and nine Chicago Bears. I'm actually gonna go with the Packers. Yeah, 
I'm going to go with the Packers as well. The Bears showed me nothing against the Jets. And the only way this would sway me is if Jordan Love was starting. But as of right now, Aaron Rodgers has been cleared to play. Bakhtiari's out, which may be a problem. But I think they will do just fine. The 4-7 and seven Jags <coughs> go into Detroit to take on the surprising 4-7 and seven Detroit Lions. Jags. I'm taking the Lions. They're kneecapping people, and that run game plays. You know, Jared Goff's going to do just enough. And that defense is going to give Trevor Lawrence some fits. The Deshaun Watson Bowl. The 4-7 and seven Cleveland Browns go into Houston, take on the 1-9-1 one, one Houston Texans. I am taking the Browns. You have to. You have to take the Browns. The, the Texans, they stink. Like, flatly, they stink. And they benched Mills for Kyle Allen. The cupboard is bare. Browns. The 7-4 Jets go into Minnesota to take on the 9-2 Vikings. Vikings. I think Vikings. Uh, Mr. White comes down to earth this week. Vikings, but I don't think it's Mike White's fault. I think Mike White's going to have a decent game. I think they just get beat at the, at the gun. But this is going to be a relatively even matchup. Jets have a, st- a stout defense. We're going to see what Sauce Gardner can do because he's going up against Justin Jefferson. But we're going to see what Sauce Gardner's made of this week. And I think he's going to hold his own pretty well. It's going to be narrow. It's going to be tight. Vikings win at the gun. The 7-5 Commanders going to MetLife to take on the 7-4 New York Football Giants. Commanders. Commies. I love saying that. I'm taking the Giants, but narrowly. The Giants are banged up. They are getting healthy. We're going to see. If they can pressure Taylor Heineke, they have the studs to do it. They have the line to do it. They have the linebackers to do it. If they can pressure Heineke, they have a shot. And I think Saquon is going to have a bounce back game. The 7-4 Tennessee Titans go into Philly to take on the 10-1 Eagles. Eagles. I think the Titans punch him in the mouth. I think the Titans are going to take this one another close game. This is one of those things that... This is one of those times that the Eagles are going to have to possibly play from behind. They're going to have to deal with a team that's going to try and ball control them. And they're going to get hit in the mouth because that's what Mike Vrabel does. That's his style. Titans are going to win close. We're in the four o'clock hour. The six and five Seahawks go into SoFi to take on the Rams at three oh, and eight. Not even the game with the Seahawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Especially with Bryce Perkins under center. Like the, the Rams are toast. But you know who's the winner of this game, right? The Lions. That's right. They keep the Rams keep losing. The Lions get a better pick. So nice job way to go the 8-3 Dolphins at the 7-4 San Francisco 49ers I'm going Fins I believe I believe in Tua what they got going on there this is going to be the game of the week right here dare I say a potential Super Bowl matchup 
Dare I say, I just did. Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, Jimmy G. That defense is good. I'm going to stick with the Niners. It's going to be a slugfest, and I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. I just hope we get it. I just hope we get the doubleheader. 425, the 92 Chiefs go into Cincinnati to take on the 7-4 Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. How about them Chiefs? I know the Chiefs have not had the best of luck lately, but you know what? All luck runs out. Good luck and bad luck. I think they take it home this week. The 6-5 Chargers go into Vegas to take on the 4-7, somehow kind of maybe surging, Vegas Raiders. Chargers. Chargers take this one, or at least they should. They better for their coach's sake. Because Sean Payton is like right there waiting in the wings. Herbert's going to have a day. Carr is not going to have as great of a day. Josh Jacobs certainly is not going to have the equatorially hot day he had last week. Chargers win. The Sunday night special, the 4-7-1 Indianapolis Colts go into Jerry World to take on the 8-3 Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Colts came down to earth a little bit. And they're just thoroughly mediocre. And your Monday night delight, the 4-8 New Orleans Saints go into Tampa to take on the 5-6 Buccaneers. Saints. Saints. Ah, very interesting. Very interesting. I'm going to go with the Bucks. You know, this is the, my two bowls of shit theory. Right? Which one stinks less? And I got to say that Tampa Bay stinks just a little bit less than New Orleans. Teams on a bye this week, the Cardinals and Panthers. So adjust your fantasy rosters accordingly. This has been the Fade Route with DNC. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route. We'll talk to you next week. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.